Welcome to Soccer City Radio. My name is Benton. I'm Zach. We have a not-so-fun episode it's to not, do today. not a fun one this week, Benton. Yeah. Not a fun one. It's uh, difficult conversations. We're going to talk about the, the elephant in the room. A lot um, of real talk this week. So a lot, of, a lot of initial disclaimers that we want to go through before we really start diving in things. First thing, I do want to do, have a listener discretion. Um, today's episode is going to be focusing on the Yates investigation as it pertains to racing Louisville and the alleged sexual abuse of a player at the hands of former head coach Christy Hawley. Um, do want to also make it clear, we are speaking freely and openly without restrictions from the organization. Yes. We are. The, the club pays for the, the radio slot, but uh, in what is one of the less surprising revelations this week, me and Benton do not get paid by the club to do this. <laughs> nor, nor do I. <laughs> yeah, nor does Jason. You can probably tell by our quality we are not paid. <laughs> um, so for full context of this situation, I really do encourage listeners, if, if they're able to, to read the publicly available report. I don't think that the snippets that you might see online do it fully justice. And again, if you're able to go through the material itself. It is really different to read through everything in context. Than it to really just look is. At and they out they of do it. a very efficient job of making every sentence matter. So I guess that's a lawyer trait. I yeah, don't know. She was so deputy was, attorney general for a reason. Yeah, I was, I was pretty impressed by that. So, um, I mean, other clubs are covered in that full report. However, our conversation today, we're just going to be focusing on the transgression of our club and uh, of Christy Holly. We do have a text line we encourage listeners to use. It's 437-9680. That is 437-9680. We would like to get some feedback how people are feeling this week. Yeah, let us, uh, let us know how you're feeling about it. So we're going to have some guests joining us today. Tyler Graver is going to be joining us shortly. Uh, Lee Nevis, former president of the Lavender Legion, who was president at the time of, of all this, will be joining. But before we dive into that, I'm going to talk at a super high level what happened for those unfamiliar. And if I miss any high-level details, Zach, please feel free to jump in. There's a lot of just a lot of information floating around, and my head's been spinning pretty much all week. Say, we went into a pretty detailed uh, summary of this on the podcast this week. So I guess if people, if reading is not your thing, and and you want to hear like a a more detailed play-by-play of it, the Vamos Ross podcast this week, we get down into the weeds in it. But for for the purposes of this show, we're just going to high-level review it and yeah. then get to talking to some people. Yeah, that's on stateoflouisville.com if you want to check that out. So, Got to still plug, no matter how serious the episode. I mean, it, it's, it's more context. Yeah. So, All right, so here's the, uh, here's the situation for those not familiar. Racing Louisville's first head coach, Christy Hawley, was, um, was hired by the club, obviously, despite uh, there were rumors of a relationship with the player at his former club. And um, you know, he apparently did not hold the appropriate license to be a head coach. He was in the used, NWSL. In the NWSL. He was using his position um, and influence and took advantage of a player. And there were kind of two major instances of, of sexual abuse. He was uh, essentially uh, allegedly preying on, on this player and taking advantage of that situation. Yeah. It was alleged that he was verbally abusive towards players and forced some players to play injured, despite the medical staff's recommendation. I think there were nearly about 10 or so players, I think we heard, that had come forward to the front office for various transgressions and... Those escalations, according to the report, seemed mishandled and ultimately um, led to an environment in which he was able to retaliate against his players. Um, the player who was allegedly uh, sexually taken advantage of confided in a team chaplain who then um, informed the front office. The front office did immediately fire, uh, fire the coach. Uh, they did engage in an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, with him. And uh, they publicly cited um, at the time that his 
dismissal was for cause. And, um, you know, according to the report, the club did not cooperate with the investigation, citing that non-disclosure agreement that was signed. And that is the 50,000 foot reader digest version of what happened. We will be diving much deeper into what happened. And again, I encourage you to, to read the report yourself. Um, we are going to be having Tyler Griever join us with, uh, WLKY. See, I'm, see, I'm like, Tyler, are you here with us? Tyler, are you with us? I think well, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties at the moment. Yeah. Tyler. yeah, we're trying uh, to get him on the line. He's done a lot of great investigating. If you've not been keeping up with he that, is, he's been doing a lot of interviews with current and former players this week. Um, that I think have been really good. Add a lot of context. Uh, so, so if you want to seek those out, those those have been very good. Yep. Tyler, are you with us? Yeah, I got there we you go. Guys. How you doing? Yeah, technical difficulties. Thank you for uh, for joining us, Tyler. Um, we know you've been uh, hard at work uh, this this past week, kind of covering this situation. Um, what what have you been learning? Uh, that is a question I think that could take a long time. But um, I mean, I think we've been learning a lot. You know, I was always taught latest information first in this job, so you know, I think the the NWSL and NWSLPA's joint investigation is certainly uh, a very interesting development in what they're choosing to share. Uh, basically, you know, it's my understanding that that racing uh, or that that investigation is now going to come back to interview uh, those in the Racing Louisville FC organization um, about obviously the, the situation with Aaron, but I guess the thing I really want to make clear is that it, it's, it's almost like the thing that happened with Aaron Simon, which is just unspeakably horrific. That was like a boiling point for a lot of other, every player I've talked to mm-hmm. so far. Uh, there were many other issues that these players feel they brought to the attention of the staff, the front office, and that essentially were not heard properly and they were not addressed. Uh, One of the things that's really stood out to me the most, and you can see it um, by watching some of the raw interviews I have posted with these players, is that they truly felt helpless. Um, They felt like they had nobody to go to, to talk to within the organization, except their teammates and they felt like they were the only things really keeping them going with each other through that season. Uh, and that is, I think it's particularly heartbreaking to hear when it's an expansion club filled with young players who want an opportunity and are trying to prove themselves and think about everything you watched last season was basically with all of this going on in the back of their minds and that that's a harrowing thing to consider um, by all accounts. Uh, and I just want to be clear about who we talked to so far. Uh, we have one current player in Amina Ekic, of course, Louisville native, University of Louisville alumna. Former players, Jorian Balkum, Julia Ashley, Taylor Otto, Michelle Bados, Brooke Hendricks, and Vanessa Cara are the ones who have talked to me on the record. And I think most people are pretty well aware of those from what I've shared Mm -hmm. so far. Um, 
and they have been long conversations. We had a very long one yesterday that the statement kind of came out right in the middle of, and I explained my process of why I thought I needed to read that statement to those players I was talking to in real time because it was extremely newsworthy, and they needed to have a space to respond to the club's words in their own words. Um, and I do not think one person I have talked to thinks that statement is covers anything at all. Um, so I'll stop there because I think I feel like I've been rambling for a minute. Not, um, no, not, not rambling back at all. Off. Yeah, yeah, just back off for a second and allow you guys to ask some questions. Well, I, I just I, I wanted to mention. I mean, like, like as a fan, and and I, I did think I, I did really appreciate that you read the statement to the players that you're reviewing and got the reaction because something you said early about like the feeling that, that the event that, that triggered all of this was sort of the boiling over point, but that there was, there was a lot of stuff that led up to that. I think that sort of speaks to a lot of the frustration and the disconnect. I think there's been between the, the team reaction and the, the fans reaction and, and why I think there's so much, anger about that statement because that i think in the in the minds of a lot of the fans that that statement really seems to put the focus on hiring coach holly was a mistake that was like the cardinal mistake and they've taken steps to to address that and address the hiring process but it the statement does not really speak to all of those it's other deeper, other instances deeper the, than the hiring the the lead up to to that that big event and I, I think that's the explanation for why I think in the minds of a lot of people that that statement I I'll just speak personally like I I had been sort of talking myself through it and and trying to trying to figure out where I felt on it and and I came away from that statement a lot angrier than I even was before it <laughs> just per, on a personal level um, it just didn't feel like it met the 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 moment yeah i i I've, i think i've talked about this regularly i try to be an optimist but I, I'll, I'll be fully transparent i wasn't pretty optim i wasn't optimistic about whatever statement was going to come out it's going to be satisfactory um tyler i do want to ask you this what is the biggest item of clarification that you that you're hoping to get surrounding all this well i think something that you learn when you start reporting something like this is First of all, it's just a ton of information that's coming at you from very important perspectives that feel like they just have not been heard at all, you know, and, and something that's key to consider uh, for these players is they are literally reliving what most of them have described as like the most difficult thing they've ever gone through. So when they're talking to you in real time, it's, there's a lot coming back to them and it might not be everything because that's what a traumatic experience does to people. Um, and that's, so I don't know if that fully answers your question that you're asking, but the points of clarification that I think are very important. Um, when I read the report, one immediate thing that stood out to me was the fact that three players had brought concerns to the front office early in the season because that speaks to the larger problem at hand. So 
I made it a point to clarify that meeting as much as possible with every player I talk to because there's a couple key distinctions to make. The issues that those three players brought were not individual concerns. They represented, from the players that I've talked to on the record, pretty much the whole team's concerns regarding the environment, uh, Christy Holly, the staff, and pretty much across the board, they feel like that meeting got them nowhere. In fact, I feel like many of them believe, particularly the ones who decided to speak up, it almost put a target on their back for more abuse, retaliation, and mistreatment. So I think meeting in itself is a representation of the larger problem. And Tyler, and my biggest question on this is, and obviously you've done a great job laying a lot of this information out. You've done a great job with the interviews. Has anything, obviously all of this is surprising, but what has surprised you the most in, in the breadth of this investigation? Um, I've stopped to answer. I think what has mainly surprised me the most is after everything these players have been through, they still believe that if everything is taken care of properly and this is properly addressed, that the potential for Louisville in the NWSL is still really high. Um, imagine going through what all of these women went through and particularly Amina in this circumstance, who um, I want to be clear, Amina's decision to speak was fully hers, fully hers. She, the club had no involvement in her talking. I didn't reach out to anybody from the club to talk to Amina. We did a feature story together shortly after she was drafted. It was a long form feature. And I've, you know, I've known her since then. And that was her call to speak, which I thought was incredibly brave to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I um, mean, it was brave for everyone to, that's speaking up right now. But yes, of course. Especially Amina, who's still employed by the team, to, to speak as yeah, candidly as course. she is in those interviews. Truly really the hometown brave. hero. And it, and it lends credence to it, as I tweeted out yesterday. It lends credence to a lot of the things being said because it's easy to write off you know, something that Jorian says, for example, as, well, they parted ways badly. She just has an axe to grind. You can't do that with a player who is beloved by the fans, who has a lot, who has everything to lose. One of your faces at the franchise. And and I think going back to this, like, honestly, the question of what surprised me most, it's difficult to really even have time to process feelings in my position because, like, I don't, first of all, it's not my job. It's not my job. And I don't have time to do that. Like, I have a full dedication to the accounts that these women were brave enough to share with me. And that is why if I absolutely have to pick something that's surprising me, it is the continued belief and faith in fans here in Louisville, the support that they saw despite all of this going on. And they still believe it can succeed if, and a big if, the appropriate actions are taken. Now, 
something to jump off of that, going back to the joint investigation, the joint investigation laid out, or what the NWSLPA statement laid out, was that they want to wait for discipline of anyone until after the results come. So with that in mind, you have to understand that players who are currently under contract with NWSL teams, if they have a feeling that they want to express that somebody should lose their job, I'm not sure right now they feel like they're in a position to do so until that investigation is complete. That doesn't mean they're not going to do it. Don't take me saying that as that. But I feel like that's a key piece of context here in that the joint investigation is going, it, it, it's, I mean, it's stated it itself. It's going over any possible problematic incident since 2013. It's a long time. It's, almost, I mean, almost 10 years. You know, obviously, Louisville, Racing Louisville has not been around that long. It's only the second season. Um, but I, I feel like that's a key point to just really consider in all of this. Um, and again, speaks to the courage these women have shown in, in talking. But, and I would really like, to, I would like to commend, I mean, you and a lot of the other local reporters. I mean, how, how quickly uh, of the local press, I mean, jumped on this and the, the amount of attention that's been given to it. I, I, I have been happy to see like how much good local journalism has been going on this week. And I think, I mean, especially in a situation like this, like it, it's really important because that the the report is detailed, but obviously the report is not going to have everything possible in it. There, there's always sure. still going to be more information available, and I think it's so in, important um, to have like good local investigative journalism uh, looking into this. So I just wanted to come in, come in you and, and 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 all the other reporters on this story for that. Yeah, um, and uh, I guess one thing that, you know, going back to the, maybe not surprising, but, but you know, you guys mentioned the, the treatment of injuries as one of the things the report mentions, and, like, I'm not here to rank, like, you know, which, which type of uh, abuse is the most serious, or, I mean, that's ridiculous, no. But, like, think about what we're talking about here. These are professional athletes. Their bodies are obviously the vehicles to to do their job and the fact that they were not being treated properly from the conversations that I've had or ignored or belittled and it's a variety of them that is incredibly disturbing to me uh it's unacceptable in any environment but but especially for a new club that is trying to set a standard for what this sport should be like for some of the best players in the world. That was particularly disturbing to me. And, uh, yeah, um, I don't have much more to go off of on that because I don't, I don't want to get into any specific details yet, but, um, yeah, that, that I think is particularly bothersome. So, we are going to have to go to a commercial here soon. Before we, we let you go and go to that commercial break, Tyler, I want to ask, um, what can we expect from you uh, next? Yeah, 
so I don't want to give anybody like a really specific timeline right now. Um, you know, you're just kind of working through everything and, and the interviews that we've done and interviews that you still pursue. Um, but I just want to share that the scope of this, like, I think it, it does obviously include what happened to Aaron, but it, it absolutely will focus on more than that. The issues these players had with obviously Christy Holly, but others mm-hmm. um, in the organization. And I ask for some patience in that uh, just because it's a process to gather pertinent information, cross-check it, cross your T's, dot your I's, all of those things. Um, and, and to level with everyone, you know, I, I'm a sports reporter and anchor at WHS 11 covering our entire sports scene. Like, I have been working solely on this story for the past couple of days. This, you know, working this weekend and tomorrow night, obviously high school football, football on Saturday, like, if you see me covering something else or working on something else, it doesn't mean I'm not working on this. Um, any imperative development in this story is my number one professional priority, period. Um, and I can't really thank everybody enough for all the kind words, but I've said this multiple times. The people who deserve praise are the players. This is their league. It's their club. If anything changes of significance to finally create the environment where they feel safe, it is a credit to them. They did that. They don't have to talk. They're doing it. And it is an absolute travesty that it came to them reliving some of the most horrific things they have ever gone through personally and professionally for this to happen. So this belongs to them. It's their moment. I'm happy I can do my part to give them a platform, but it's their decision to speak, and I'm eternally grateful that the ones who have spoken to me have done so so far. Agreed. Now, now Tyler, um, before we let go, I did get, um, did get one text question that I think you might might be able to help with. Um, sure. One caller asked, is there any indication of what the players want to happen in regards to discipline? Are they, um, are they for the removal of James O'Connor? Uh, it's a good question. I think it ties back to um, what I said earlier about the NWSL, the, the joint investigation and their findings, mm-hmm. determining discipline and what have you. Um, uh, I don't have a problem sharing that the, the former players I have talked to so far uh, do not believe he should be with the club anymore. Gotcha. The former ones. Yeah. Um, that's what they believe, uh, particularly the ones who are, you know, who are playing elsewhere. Uh, and anything I'm saying here, I have gone above and beyond to clear it with them to have permission to say, that's my job. And, uh, but I, the, there are definitely those that feel that way. Well, um, Tyler, I do want to genuinely thank you for all the work yeah. you're doing. You've really been knocking it out of the park. And Sorry we were not able to have you on sometime earlier. <laughs> Talk something it's fine. More, it's all good. More fun. Something happier, yeah. yeah. We'll get you on for a yeah, happy I episode. Mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, t- just, Tyler and I have some know, good conversations usually before the show out in the hallway on Thursday <laughs> afternoons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, look, just, just keeping track with 
you know, keep in touch with, with me and WHS 11, you know, we're, we're pursuing it. We are trying to do this as, as responsibly as possible um, because this is the most delicate type of story and, and it's the true purpose of the job. Yep. So it's a marathon, um, not a sprint on something like this. Yep. A lot more to come. Yep. 100%. So. But I thank you guys for, for having me on. Uh, I apologize if, I'm, if I wasn't able to go into too much uh, detail, really. Um, I'm just considering a, a lot of things, and I, I would like the story to do the talking when that time comes. Absolutely. Okay. Makes complete sense. Thanks again for so, coming on and saying you. what you're able yeah. to say. And I'll remind everybody that a um, video of a lot of those interviews has been posted by Tyler if people want to, yeah. to see some of those remarks and, on, on his Twitter. Right? And those players, those players, I asked every single one of them if they could be posted in that way. I did not do that without clearing it with them. That's so appreciate that consideration. Their raw thoughts, they provided permission to do that. And Tyler, where can those videos be found for people that aren't necessarily on Twitter? Because we do have a lot of listeners that aren't necessarily yeah, on that platform. Sure. Um, I, I am not in touch right now with what we have up uh, digitally on my end, but I think we are working to have Michelle Betos' full raw interview on YouTube as well as Brooke Hendricks. They were the first two former players that I talked to. And I believe we are working on putting the various reactions to the statement from yesterday uh, from the players I spoke with. Um, If you go to the WHAS 11 YouTube page, I believe you will find some of that there. And if they're not up now, they will be up. Okay. Well, again, thank you for joining us, Tyler. Um, We'll we'll continue to watch for your work on WHAS. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you. Tyler Graver, before we cut to um, the commercial break, read through a few text messages that we've since gotten. One one listener says, seems to me that the club needs to be sold just like the Suns organization in the NBA. Um, Let's see. I want the leadership gone, but I really don't want to lose the club. Lots of chatter online about forcing owners to sell, but it's a group of 47 who I'm sure we're not aware of the day-to-day. So there's a lot to, lot, of, lot to sort through still, a lot I of mean, unanswered questions. I think, I mean, Tyler mentioned it, but that, I think that sort of echoes, I mean, the, the, the thoughts of the players he spoke to, which is that I, even after all of this, a lot of the players still do genuinely feel like, like there is something here that could work and it could be very good. And I think, I think we all just want to see it get to that place. And also one other text or two, one other text too from the person who asked about you know what the players feel about JOC, and I think it's important to read this one because it's it's how a lot of people feel broken, betrayed. That's how we're feeling. I mean, I think that echoes a large portion of this fan base, and we're going to have Lee on here to talk about that very thing here in just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll go ahead and cut it to that commercial break, and when you uh, when we come back, we'll we'll continue talking about this uh ongoing situation so stay tuned welcome back to soccer city radio here on espn 680 1057 my name's benton i'm zach and we're going to continue our conversation today on the eighth investigation as it pertains to racing louisville and we have lee nevis on the line former president of the lavender legion supporters group for racing louisville lee i don't i don't think i need to ask this but how are you oh i'm all right (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you for asking, though. <laughs> I've had better we, weeks, right? When, when we invited yeah. Leon, she asked if there would be alcohol, and I'm like, well, that's that's up to you. <laughs> yeah, you're on the phone. So. I, we've, we've got some in the back. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind having a little right now for this. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a small cocktail beside me because, you know. Good for you. Stressful, stressful conversation. So. Yes, it's very stressful. So, um, Lee, I guess I want to start things off as um, – Let's just go ahead and get your kind of initial reactions to everything that we've we've learned this week. Um, yeah, I mean, initial reactions are, you know, not good. I think that immediately, I well, to take it back, we knew back, you know, a year ago or over a year ago when Holly was let go, we knew something not good had happened because we were told, you know, inappropriate behavior, you know, something similar. And I know that in um, the interview that Jorian did with Tyler earlier that he was talking about, that's kind of what the players were told as well. So, you know, we immediately were like, okay, well, this guy sucks. You got him out of here quick. Heck yeah. Thank you. Like it was, we felt that we had gotten past it. And then this report comes out and it's absolutely worse than you could ever imagine. And then you also are finding out, you know, complaints were made prior to this and nothing was, nothing was done. So it's immediately you have this reaction of, you know, heartbreak, disappointment, shock, like severe anger. Like it's, it's a, it's a horrible thing to read. And it's a horrible thing to realize that what you were told is not exactly how things went, you know? So it's, it was a lot to process. Um, before we continue with our question, I do want to push the text line again. I forgot to do that at the top of the hour. It's uh, 437-9680. We want to hear your thoughts. Please text in. Yep. Well, I, I was going to say, it, I mean, you mentioned that, I mean, when when he was fired, and you know, at the time we just heard it was for cause, uh, I think, I just know myself, I think a lot of people just, given, I think, the rumors that were around about his history, you sort of compile in your head like a list of possible situations that could have led mm-hmm. to that. And I feel like now that the report has come out, what it actually was, was like literally the worst case scenario that I had in my head. It was mm-hmm. like the worst one. Um, I'm, I want to ask you about, so we, I mean, a lot of people that kind of in, in the know that are very involved with following the club, you know, as soon as he was announced, we kind of heard about these allegations about his time at, uh, at Sky Blue and the, and the relationship with a, with a then player at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, can you, can you talk to me, I guess, about your thoughts about on the hiring process and the, and, and the potential failure there? I mean, like, was, I mean, is this something that you just kind of assumed that the club had, had thoroughly vetted or? Well, Yes. So I'll say this is kind of a twofold answer that I'll give you all a little bit of insight on. Mm -hmm. Um, You always want to assume the best. You know, we had heard internally that the sources that had given him recommendations were great, top notch, very, very high up within U.S. soccer. So we assume, okay, well, you know, maybe we don't know the full story about the player. Like, maybe we don't know. Because, I mean, like, he is, like, engaged to, you know, Christy Pierce. She's a player like, you know, we don't know if it was a situation like that. Like, you know, like this, these are things that like we're not talking about that we just assumed were true, Um, especially given the fact that we were told by the front office that all of these people had nothing, had done nothing but sing his praises. Right. 
But we still had in the back of our minds, okay, like, you know, we still have like these rumblings on Twitter from certain fans saying like, no, he's like kind of a shifty person. Um, And then I reached out to Cloud9, which was, you know, Sky Blue's um, official supporters group. And they had kind of told me that they had the same feeling of, you know, they didn't know if he was kind of a, you know, bad person or not. They didn't know the situation. But overall, he was so nice to them and so kind and just did everything for the supporters and made sure they were heard and made sure that they were, you know, taken care of. And it's funny because I actually um, was talking to Jen, the head of Sky Blue or the head, the head of Sky Blue, the head of Cloud9, the supporters group. And we were talking this week of like, how, how were we so blind and so manipulated? And so for me, yes, like obviously <laughs> vetting sources probably was not done in the best way from the front office. But also I genuinely think that Christy Holly is a master narcissistic manipulator. And it would not surprise me in the least bit if he was able to change people's minds, if he had done like a horrible thing. Um, and, you know, if he was able to come off as, you know, oh, it was a misunderstanding or whatever. So it's like, it's twofold. Yes, they should have done their due, dil- due diligence. And I think gross negligence of not doing that is probably why we're in this, you know, ish- this situation in the first place. But I also think that like, a lot of times we're just kind of like not really discussing the fact that just like, I think like Holly's just like a horrible human being that just happened to get in and be kind to the right people. Well, and I think that brings up, I mean, the purpose of the reports and the investigations, I think that brings up the larger institutional U S soccer NWSL failings and the, and the, the culture. Cause mm-hmm. when you have, when you have a system in place where there's not really channels to report things that as it was at the time there, um, um, I, I, like one thing that the report details that, that I remember is from the sky blue end, a thing that comes up in there is in the report when it details that he was having a relationship with a player on the team, there was no official league policy on whether or not that was acceptable. And so the team felt like they did not know, what what to do there was no direction on that and and when you when you have a system where people leave and are able to just go to the next job it really allows manipulative people to flourish in those situations i mean it, when you think of lots of in different areas when we've had these histories of abuse come out that this is a common thing you see is that like People are charismatic and they're able to leave one place and show up at the next place and use their charisma to, to work their way in and places don't talk to each other and there's not accountability and, and, and it allows people like that to, to thrive in a system that, like that. So I think mm-hmm. it's one important thing about these big, larger scale institutional changes that we've been pushing for um, to just prevent situations like this from being able to continue. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of the fans' concerns on how we approached his his dismissal and the communication of that. Um, Lee, one thing I, I do want to get your thoughts on is it was a long, what, two days that we had to wait for a statement since the release of that report. What were you feeling when you read Racing Louisville's response? Um, just disappointment. It's... I, 
you know, like we were actually talking um, in the Legion before last year when this happened, after we talked to the front office and they told us, like, you know, here's a list of changes that we've made. Da, 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 da. We sent out an email to, like, all the supporters groups did. We sent out an email to our groups, and the statement, I'm not kidding you all, it was, like, almost verbatim what we said. And I was just like, why would you all put out this statement? Like, yeah, we know. Like, we know. Like, we've, we've talked about this before. Like, y'all literally talked about this last year. Like, the statement felt like such a cop-out. Like, I don't know. For me, it, it read as, like, hey, guys, like, we see you, just wanted to remind you, like, we're good, don't worry, like, we got this, thanks a lot, peace. It was just, I was so disappointed and so upset that that was, like, that's the statement that they ended up making. It, it was just, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it, my interpretation, of it, like, I read that and the tone that I hear that in is, like, we would just like to remind everybody that we dealt with this last year. And, and and like, it, just no, no, no real it it does the statement does not at all grapple with like things were kept quiet and so we're learning we as fans are learning about stuff that we did not know about last year and just on like a on a personal emotional level it just is not satisfying to hear that stuff was done a year ago like we know now so people people want to hear about what's happening now <laughs> yeah absolutely and not only us finding these things out players are now finding these things out at the same time you know what i mean it's not just it's not just the fans finding out about you know ndas and all this stuff it's the players too some of them didn't even know some of them didn't even know what had actually happened it's you know it's we're all you know hearing these things at the same time and it's just you know it's angering now Lee, I know one thing that a lot of fans have been grappling with is how to respond to this and how to make their voices heard about the changes that they would like to see. Like, what I guess, kind of, what's your thoughts on on how fans should potentially react to try to help force this change that doesn't seem to be coming at the, at this moment, at least? Yeah, and it's really difficult because. You know, one thing that fans can do is we can show up on game day and make statements, which I will absolutely have to give a shout out to the Coopers and all the supporters groups for Loose City who showed up last night and absolutely showed full support. Like they did not need to do that. And they did. And they went above and beyond. And they have just been absolutely like on the ball, you know, speaking out about this. And it's been I, I think it's been absolutely just incredible to see. Um I think that one thing that fans can do right now and something that has not been, you know, like we've not had to uh, come to this before in the past is reach out to sponsors. Like, you know, I don't think that pulling money out right now is going to be good for the sustainability of a team here in Louisville, but the threat of pulling out money, I mean, that's going to get people to listen. That's going to get people to wake up because a lot of these owners, I don't think they really care about anything but like making money, especially with, you know, they just built the stadium. They got to pay for it. It's, you know, if they have the thought that they're going to lose money from this, especially from big corporations, I think that this is going to really, really kick off change that is going to be needed. So, I mean, that's one thing fans can do. Obviously, you know, social media can only go so far because I don't think that the people in power are reading. I I truly don't believe that James O'Connor is reading any tweet that I've sent out this week. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but he's not. (laughs) My personal opinion (laughs) is I 
I save my anger for another avenue because yelling at the official Twitter account is just yelling at the admin who is at the bottom of the totem pole and the company is not making big decisions. Right. I was going to say, I don't think they have too much of an opinion on these things that are happening. So, yeah. Prayers out to admin. Um, I'm glad you brought the sponsor yeah. piece. Uh, I, and, and maybe you guys can chime in if I'm missing any. I know as of right now, we've seen statements from GE, Wi-Fi, and Barrel Bourbons all uh, pretty much saying something to the effect of our, our future sponsorship of this club is going to be dependent on what happens here. Yeah. I guess kind of an mm-hmm. image. And I will say, I, I do think as as frustrating as the team's statement was, I have been pretty impressed with the statements that the sponsors have put out. And I think was a lot closer to what I was looking to see. They were yeah. pretty pretty Agreed. timely as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess, Lee, is there, is there any any portions of this whole situation that we, we haven't touched on with you that you wanted to, I guess, kind of voice your, your thoughts or concerns over? Um, one thing that I do want to bring up, because, you know, right now in the immediate, yes, I think that at the root of this, People need to be held accountable. But what we also need to remember when we're trying to hold people accountable is that this is a systemic issue where huge changes need to be made. I keep trying to remind everyone that when we, the first hires that we made within racing were for NWSL specific people. Half over half of those people had locker room specific experience. Players complained to them, nothing was done. Racing created a director of player experience. These are like, these are things that should have been put into place where this sort of stuff would never, ever, ever happen. And the players still were not listened to by HR. They were not listened to by leaders. This is a problem that goes beyond a John Neese and a James O'Connor problem right now. Um, And I think that's something that we have to be vigilant of because, you know, same thing happened in the NWSL. Jeff Bush, you know, the commissioner got out. Lisa Baird came in. She's absolutely a nightmare. Like, you know, I think that right now we need to start focusing on, you know, who are these people vetting them extremely, extremely thoroughly and not even vetting their history, but like making sure their values are aligning with, player protection um and those are things that we just need to like to focus on right now and i'm sitting here just like rubbing my hands on my head because i'm just like so exhausted of having to say this over and over and over but that's uh that's something that i really think we need to focus on right now is this is a systemic issue it's not just like a one person or one club issue yeah and i guess uh, you sort of touched on it a little bit there but just uh, i guess on a on a personal level, I, I you know I, I don't want to ask you to necessarily speak for the Legion, um, but like what what are you what changes are you looking to see from the team to, like con- to get concrete actions? Concrete actions are you are you looking concrete to see? Actions. Like if we're pushing for something, what it, what is it we're pushing for? I mean, you mentioned having more racing specific front office, which I think me and Bitten is a thing, even before all of this just from an on the field standpoint, a thing we've been pushing for, but is there anything else like concrete actions you you would like to see? I mean, I think James, he, 
at the very least, he should not have anything to do with racing at all. I mean, that's, you know, first thing. I think that the culture that he established with the men's team was great. The same culture does not cut it for a women's team. You know what I mean? This is the women's league is not a league that you can just say, hey, you know what? Let's, you know, (laughs) let's just work hard and get in there and get out. Like it's, you know, that's. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things in women's sports that men's sports don't have to worry about. And the culture that I personally think that he cultivated just does not work for the women's side. So that's like number one. Like, I think he's got to go. And I think a, a, an incredible culture shift and the building of trust between the staff and the players needs to be focused on more than anything. Um, so, yeah, those are, I mean, I guess like that's two. Are those concrete actions? I guess that's concrete, concrete enough for action. me. That first one's concrete. I'll take it. Sure. Yeah. Work <laughs> great, <laughs> and and to that point, I think it's important as well to to remember that, and and this is somebody that I admired until a couple of days ago. James O'Connor also, in some way, oversees the academies, and it's it makes yeah. me feel uncomfortable to have somebody in a position of power over young women who overlooked something like this, or allegedly overlooked something like this. Um, real quick, Lee, did and and to your point. If you haven't seen the E60 documentary that aired the other night, um, Lee, have you seen it? What were your thoughts on it? But it, it it's called Truth Be Told, and I didn't realize until watching the other night, I knew that there were issues with other teams in the league. I did not realize how systemic and how much things were lied about, how much things were pushed under the rug, how much things were completely covered up until I watched this documentary, and it didn't even really touch on any of the stuff that's happened with, with racing Louisville. Yeah, I uh, I have not had the energy to watch it this week. I have been too, like, just absolutely upset and angry about, you know, everything specifically going on with our club. But, yes, it's, yes it is very much a systemic issue. Um, you know, this has happened at... Chicago, North Carolina, it's happened, you know, in Portland, it's happened at multiple, multiple different teams. Um, and it's just the reason that it happens is because no people just allowed it to happen and nothing ever happened. And I think, you know, one good thing, and I will end on this note is, I mean, we don't have to end if you guys like have any other questions, like feel free, but I do kind of want to end on a note of the fact that these things are coming to light and people are feeling, they're feeling more and more comfortable now speaking up um and people are willing to listen you know this is being covered by the media now um you know we have people like freaking tyler absolutely like killing it wanting to you know show these stories Mm -hmm. and wanting to you know tell the stories of these players the fact that these things are happening now it gives me faith for the future i don't think that because of these things you know stuff's going to change like tomorrow or in 24 hours but in the years to come I do think that it is going to make a huge, huge difference. And it's just everything's going to suck for a long time because we're going to have to listen to all this stuff and push for change. And it's not going to be fun and it's not going to be comfortable. But ultimately, the fact that these things are coming to light will be good in the future. Yeah, there's not a lot of bright spots here. But one thing that has been really encouraging to me this past week is players – who feel comfortable feel comfortable enough and in a position to speak up about their current team um, 
I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. across the league that's happened several times. And I think that that is like a positive sign of some progress on, on how free people are feeling to talk about things. Yeah. And, and later your final point, I'll say sunlight is the best disinfectant. That's a good quote for yeah. that. One. Yep. So we take, I want you to take care of yourself. I know it's been stressful and it's probably going to continue, but we really do appreciate you joining us. Uh, I think it's really important to not only have your perspective as, uh, as a former leader of the, of the Lebanon Legion, but also female perspective since we're a bunch of dudes talking about this. So. No one needs to hear our opinion all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> all right. You take care. You have a good evening. Thank Again, you. Bye. That was Lee Nevis, uh, former president of the Lavender Legion. Jason, I believe we got a few more texts coming in during that conversation. Am I right? Yes. Um, UPS Jobs text line 437-9680. Texter says, maybe if we sent certified letters to the NWSL and USL asking for changes to be made, it will force the leagues to intervene. Um, Texter says... We only moved past it after some time because we were all under the impression it was an affair with a staff member. We're talking about uh, Christy Holly's former allegations from Sky Blue, um, which, no, it isn't necessarily illegal. Sexual assault isn't subjective, and he led us to believe his removal wasn't of a criminal nature. Um, Texter also says the front office just wants to drag this out until the off season so everyone will forget about it. And I think there are a couple points are made in those texts that we can we can really discuss after the yeah, break. I thought of several things. Yeah, so. we'll, get to, we'll get to those. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut to a commercial. Um, so make sure you guys stay tuned here to Soccer City Radio, ESPN 680-1057. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Soccer City Radio. I'm Benton. I'm Zach. And we're going to continue discussing the Yates investigation in Racing Louisville. Jason, I believe we got another another text come through. Yes, UPS Jobs text line four three seven nine six eighty. Please feel free to chime in. We're going to be going until about seven thirty tonight. Um, texter says, and, and I wholeheartedly agree with this text. I can't believe Soccer Holdings has put me in a position where I have to admit that Woso Twitter was right. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually hilarious. Also, Twitter, if you're not familiar, is a very dark place. It's 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 the land where the shadows touch. You should never go there. I mean, talk about. I mean, I, I think given 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 things come to light recently, I think Woso is a very dark place, <laughs> and I think maybe Woso Twitter is just a reflection Man, of that. I mean, Woso Twitter, we were not ready for that when we joined this league. We were that was a, that was a better culture shock for the fans. But I, no. it was a nicer time before I knew what preth stands meant. Yeah, just yeah, stay away from that one. But that that was funny, Texter. I like that. Um, it's a it has been a week of getting favorable retreats from a lot of lot of people. I've not <laughs> historically been comfortable getting favorable retweets from. <laughs> I mean, look for as much crap as we've given her. Huge kudos to Meg Linehan for her reporting yep. on this. Um, you know, she has been on top of this story for a long time. Obviously, we talked about Tyler and. and if you missed the segment with Tyler Griever, we will have the podcast up here shortly after after we go off air. Um, huge thanks again to him for, for what he came on and, and talked to us about tonight. But the national media coverage on this, you know, sometimes with women's sports especially, some of this stuff kind of gets, you know, a mention or a little bit of stuff in the news cycle and then it disappears. This has been continuously reported on by, you know, New York Times. It was on the front page of the New York Times. Um, Meg Linehan of The Athletic, a couple other writers of The Athletic, done a terrific job of parsing through what I believe was 300 pages of very difficult stuff. If you have not read the it's document, not, it's, it's not a dense. Well, it's it is dense. not a fun read. I would say any way, it is not a, it's not a fun read, 
It's a it very is, depressing and very it, painful it, but read. It's a it's a hard read because of the content. It's actually very well structured. It it yes. has like it, it, it is written narratively. It's not an overly legal document. So it is it's an accessible read yeah. for anyone who wants to. It is dense to, though. Like I said, like I yeah. said at the top, like there are it, a lot of footnotes. Like every sentence matters. It's yeah. it's actually impressive. And and if you are going to read it, I I cannot stress enough. Pace yourself. Yeah. Content yeah. Take warning. breaks. Yeah. You know, it can be very, especially if uh, I'm a. I'll full disclosure. I'm a survivor of abuse. It was. It triggered me. Reading a lot of that stuff, I had to put my phone away for for about a half hour on on Tuesday afternoon because I got very triggered or Monday afternoon God is it only has it been three days already Monday afternoon I had to put my phone away for a while because it feels I got, like it's been weeks I got very triggered reading some of these things and like I said earlier seeing the allegations made against somebody that I really respected and really admired and just utter disbelief that allegedly he could do these things yeah yeah it's tough um, so in our in our final about 20 minutes here I think it's time we, we really talk through the, the different elements of everything that had come up and try to get into a little bit more detail. First thing I think we, we want to talk on is how, how Christy Hawley came to be hired with the club in the first place. There were two major concerns. Um, one was his, his time at Sky Blue and the alleged relationship with the player, and the other is his, um, his apparent lack of the appropriate license to coach in the NWSL. Well, and just there, his qualifications in general. Yeah. there's. Uh, I mean, it's my understanding that it was technically on the league to be running that check, but at the same time, it also seems like um, Soccer Holdings did not do any sort of verification that that was complete. Um, and it is also my understanding that he had a UEFA B license, which is a, a European coaching license, um, but not the USSFA um, license that is required for that job, which... I mean, we've complained about this one a lot is the reason we've been given why like a recently retired um, NWSL player can't immediately become a head coach that they require that license. But this, and then apparently there's a two year grace period. So yeah. I don't see how that's ever yeah. even a factor. But this, this bro got two jobs without uh, that. So, um, so well, you, and it, in the case of other sections of the report, apparently up to an eight year grace period because um, Richie Burke, one of the one of the the things that came to light in there is is he did not get his license. He did not have his license for eight of the nine years he was coaching in Chicago. At a certain point, it's not a grace period. Yeah. At a certain uh, point, it's just a rule that you don't follow. But I, So just because I, I read the entire section of the report on Coach Holly, and I think, um, I mean, when we mentioned with Tyler, like what, what are the big questions that he had? I, my big question or one of my big questions reading the report really has to do with the, the hiring process. Yep. And and I would like to have a, a clearer idea of why why he was the candidate that got the job. What what about him was the reason that the team hired him? Because it I, I will just mention personally reading the document, the front office does not come out of that hiring section looking oh, no. very good it, no 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 they <laughs> they to me personally in my opinion look like a group of people out of their depth not really prepared to to be to be hiring a coach in the league they're in because um yeah it's, i just i have questions about the hiring yeah. process part of it is you know with the that alleged relationship during his time with sky blue which i guess we haven't mentioned this is now gotham fc they're still it's a still existing club new name yeah. new new color scheme um that they i mean they did 
ask the club about that and the club i think just kept it pretty vague that it was an hr issue which which is really the crux of all this issue is that nobody's stepping up and saying nobody's exactly what's happening yeah, yeah it's all vague so saying it's an hr issue and well, and, a, and according to this report the club's like okay and they didn't really ask many follow-up I, questions well this is this is so trivial compared to to all of the other stuff we're talking about but i mean we talked about this on the podcast when he still had a job Last year, but I just don't understand. He didn't have a good record at Sky Blue. Like I, 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 I've not seen any indication in in the years he's been able to actually coach teams that he he's like a good coach who can yeah. win games. And so I just don't know why he was the person that they chose. It looks like a failure on the vetting process and also ultimately in the, on the selection from even just a purely just a pure X's and O's yeah. standpoint. Why why was he the guy? Yeah. So and, wh- and to that point, real quick, I wanna I wanna. These are two really important pieces of information, I think. Um, this is from Steph Yang, who who writes for The Athletic. Um, two tweets that she put out yesterday. Per Yates report, Sky Blue exec says after Holly hiring, quote, I spoke with James O'Connor regarding Christie and certainly did not give him a glowing review, end quote. She alerts Ed, and I'm going to butcher this, Ed Nalbandian, who, quote, recalled Estes confirming that he did not understand Mary's reference to have been a positive one. Smoot, who is the executive, recalled telling Estes and O'Connor that the fans loved Holly, but, quote, the players did not have a positive experience, end quote. She noted that Estes and O'Connor did not ask any follow-up questions. That is a massive red flag for me. Yeah, that's That a- you get told that the players did not have a positive experience and you don't ask why. Or you don't ask when to go to one of the players. you don't to know why. Yeah. Which is either you, either you were negligent that you didn't ask why, or you were purposely negligent that you didn't want to know why. Or, Neither one is I guess, acceptable. I, there, there's a there's a footnote note about this in the report, but there there is a, a quote in there about the team not having the resources to match offers that teams like Portland and Los Angeles were able to give coaches, and so that that brings up the question of like, were they just not? able to spin what they needed to get a better coach and this was who they could get and then they wanted to spin it and make it look better in the press when after the hire yeah. uh, that, like that's that's the big question i have yeah so a lot of lot of bad there so moving on topically wise about happened the, the players mistreatment so it you know it come up that there were before the sexual misconduct issues had come up there were a number of cases that were brought to the front office attention um citing various forms of verbal abuse, forcing players to play injured, which again, their body is their livelihood. Um, I mean, and then it sounded like, the, the, based off the report, it sounded like the resolution was is that James O'Connor's solution was that to bring himself, the player, and Christy Hawley into a room together to try to, you know, hash it out. Yeah, from an HR standpoint, like the worst solution. Like just opening people up to retaliation. Is, yeah, that is, I mean, it, you know, sh- should that be true? Incredibly shocking, incredibly mishandled. And that's, you just think like, what if, what if some of these allegations were taken seriously, handled seriously? I mean, it might not have gotten as far as it did. It's, it's, it's a sad thought. And it sounds like it wasn't just like one or two cases. I, 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 it sounded like there were many players that had come forward. And again, Tyler had, had talked with many people that, they, 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 these players did not feel like they had an outlet. Like uh, allegedly, you know, James burned those bridges when he was bringing players in with 
with Christie. Christie could now put a face to the complaint and retaliate accordingly. Shocking. Well, and like, it, it just, it brings so many things from last year into question too, because like, we talked about it at the time, but like, there were some weird player minute situations going on last year, and now, now all of that, all of that is is questioned in hindsight. Like, like were players not getting played because they weren't good enough, or were they not getting played because they were being retaliated against by the the coach? Like, how, how, yeah, it, it just seeing hearing stuff like this brings in hindsight so many things into question just when you're looking over things in your mind absolutely they were very very uefa b decisions made on the field you know not not good it was just it, just a bad situation then then you get to the actual sexual misconduct itself like if you read through the report it was long stand like he had interactions with this player starting back at his time with sky blue this is a fringe player this is a player that was brought on through trial it was i mean this player was very intentionally selected for that. She she felt like she owed him like her career. Yeah, I mean, it, this is this is where it can get very triggering to our listeners who have experience with this. But like, we don't have to get into details on yeah, what but happened. But it's it, painting. It, a it's picture. like a pattern of grooming a player over a long period of time and and escalating things, um, and 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 manipulation, um, and especially. Doing things like, like the the player got a call up to the under twenty three mm-hmm. team, and and he he would he would make it seem to her like that was because of strings he had pulled, and yeah. and 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 things like that. I was going to bring it up. It wasn't just because of the fact that he was her coach twice, um, but it was situations like that. And this well, pl- and this player kind of felt this guilt, like she knew what was going on was wrong but also felt that he was a, f- a friend and a mentor in a, in a very com- confusing, conflicting place. And I get it. I, I get it. Um, and then even comes to like having these like one-on-one film sessions. It was just like so many oddities, but, but she was just, he just had such, allegedly said this, a, a manipulative control over the situation. Yes. Well, and I mean, one that we talked about retaliation and and things getting brought up with the team. I, one of the stories in there that really stands out to me is like she was she was repeatedly invited to one-on-one film sessions and and was trying to avoid that because she knew that that was a dangerous situation. Oh, yeah. And so she um another player on the team tried to help her by always being around so that she was not by herself with him. Um and in the report, there are allegations that, that that player was not only retaliated against on the team, but has since post-firing, um, Holly has still been using the influence he has with teams in the league to, bad, to, bad mouth her, to bad mouth her to other teams to force her to play overseas. Yeah. Um, and that that's a very serious allegation to me and that um and that goes to the heart of why you know so many people have have questioned you know why didn't they do something why didn't they fight back one as somebody who's gone through it, i can tell you it's not that simple because you don't think rationally when you're in that situation you freeze you you kind of 
try to distance yourself from it. But secondly, like you said, you know, when you get gaslighted and you get manipulated and you think, well, I owe this person something because they got me a call up to the national team, or you have the fear of, if I don't do what they say, I'm not playing anymore. I may not get another call up to the national team. My career could be ended because all it takes, as you're seeing, is one coach telling everybody in the league, yeah, she's she's bad for the locker room. Well, and who who are they going to listen to, the coach or the player? And that's what calls like the lack of transparency about all this. I mean, that that speaks to the frustration a lot of people are feeling because it, it definitely seems like because, I, I mean, they did say he was fired for cause. But it was never publicly more specific than that. And, and that it, it just seems like the lack of transparency about it is, is helping him more than anyone else. Because that allows him to maybe still have connections yeah. that, that, that he wouldn't otherwise have and do things like retaliating against a player yeah. like this. That's, I think that rolls us into the I was going to say, I was just gonna say that's a perfect segue into kind of the next major topic that we should talk about is the, the handling of the termination. Obviously, the, the use of the non-disclosure agreement, uh, the decision to be vague in the, uh, in the communication, just citing for cause, and the communication with players, not only how they were communicated with, but as to communicate out publicly. Um, you know, it's it's my understanding that the NDA's like primary focus was was to to shield the player. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna let you be very level headed on this, and then I I am gonna come in after this pretty angry. So I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. get, so I'm just gonna throw that I, out there. I, I might fight you to get to the mic. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I I I'll let you finish and give. I I want to talk the, about the NDA yeah, and the, then and then the, uh, the, the 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 vagueness of it. Like I. I get an element. I think there's probably an element of truth that the, the NDA was intended was was partially intended to help shield the player who who didn't want to come forward at that time. At the same time, though, it also met the need of 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 protecting the organization, and, and that goes to the, the the decision to be vague, like citing for a cause. It is much easier from a PR perspective to say for cause rather than explain exactly what happened, even if you omit the player. So I think there was a little bit of, of the organization like, trying to look out for themselves, you know, air quote in, in relation to that. But I, 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 I think there was partly, partly there. I do believe them uh, trying to protect the player at that time. But again, this is the big one for me. This is not the only NDA from a former uh, employee of the team that we are aware of. So, it is not the case that this was some special in situation and they did an NDA for the player and this was not. This, as, as best as we can tell, kind of the nature of NDAs is you don't find out a lot of that stuff. This appears to be a fairly standard process, practice for the organization. And that's like, that, that I'm not okay with. That, that seems bad. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it, it reeks to me based on the two different... And, and I, just to clarify i don't think any of us feel like the other nda had anything to do with this type of inappropriate behavior no i, I, I mean and that i think that needs that to be is what calls yep. that, that it, yeah. if the explanation was that this was a special case it does not appear that ndas are a special case for the team no no i'm saying yeah. that nda had no i think it's important definitely I've seen some people question yes. that online i think it's very important to clarify those are completely separate issues i don't think that one had anything to do with hr no. stuff no. for me it reeks of trying to cover up bad decision making and that's that's what upsets me the most is that you made a bad decision by hiring this man 
you then try to play off the bad decision by saying, well, we're going to do an NDA, and there was just some inappropriate stuff, and it makes it seem like it was, well, he was just really verbally abusive or you know, he had an affair with somebody on the staff. Yeah. You can have a situation where you protect the player and you still alert the league Forget everything well, else. For, we don't need to know anything nothing, as a public. We don't need to know anything. We do not need to know anything that would have helped us identify the player. The fact that you don't alert the league, allegedly, if we're to believe all of this, which I, I don't see any reason for anybody to lie about it, the fact that you don't alert the league and it leaves him available to go and – we don't know what he's doing right well, now. This you, this calls you another him in a situation where he can go and be in a position over more women. This calls another organization's incompetence into question, but I do want to mention with the alerting the lead thing. So he is not in the safe space. That's a database. whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and then it turns out that you have to have a license to be in the safe space database. There's the Zach I've been waiting for. Um, so like just another. So you get two years to get the license, and also you can't be in the database to report people if you don't have a license, which seems like a pretty glaring loophole in the whole safe space database system. And and to that point, a texter brings up a very good point that I don't think anybody has has raised. Texter says, has anyone confirmed that Kim is actually licensed to coach in the NWSL? Who knows? I mean, he gets two years, like so he doesn't have to be right now. But were something to happen it's the same loophole yeah yep it's well and then i mean that just talking about and that institutions loophole, and that loophole and exists for not everybody. communicating with each other the fact that you have two years to get that license that loophole is a massive loophole and it needs to be closed right now yeah um, well, I, I i hate to cut you guys short on that but i think there's a few more topics we need to hit because we're running out of time we could on, we could honestly go on for like another two I, hours yeah. really we could um the communication on players i think is a important thing to say the players were pretty vaguely communicated, just like it's pretty much the same sort of message that Lee was talking about. We got is you know inappropriate relationship well, sort of thing, and they and were what the players were asked to say to the press. That, I, I was going to get the, to that. Yeah, Michelle Bedos interview. If people haven't listened to it, um, she gets into specifics on this. But yeah, she does. She does. A, she does a pretty good job speaking to it. But she you know it was was kind of instructed in a way to kind of dodge the questions and now in hindsight she's having a lot of guilt about a lot of things but this particularly she's like why didn't i speak up for myself and say they were asking something to the effect of like would you would, play for him again yeah was and it was the question and she just she felt like she had to respond like like i don't think i'll get that opportunity again. to be vague they yeah. told her they told her to be evasive trying her trying to trying to dodge what she, like kind of i guess what but, that for cause was which i mean in their defense they didn't really they didn't really know that much you know yeah. And, and and so they're finding out a lot of this, like we like what was said earlier. Um, first time from this report. Benton, do we want to talk about like just what 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 we want? To, I mean, we asked Lee this question. I, we're, well, we're getting close to the end. I do. I do okay. No, there's one one additional point that I do want to bring up is is the Yates report and talking about the um, the cooperation. We are one of three clubs that was listed as being not cooperative I'm with pretty the report. Furious about this. Yeah, thing. and um, you know the, the reason side it was for the um, was that the. NDA was in play. It is my understanding that the club did not know that the player was was going to be speaking up. And that, uh, my question was: Did they, when they received uh, like the questions, did they communicate with the player to ask if it was in her wishes for them to speak or not? Because it seems pretty disingenuous to say that you're protecting the player to, by not speaking to the um, to the investigation if you didn't even check on that first. Yeah. So it's. I mean, 
it's a bad look to say you're not cooperative. And at the end of the day, they didn't get the information they need. So I don't know that I, I fault them for, for yeah. putting it that also way. Also hard to complain that it's a one-sided investigation when you just didn't talk to them. Yeah, but now, I mean, now that this player has kind of come forward herself, the, I mean, the NDA is kind of a, a non-factor at this point. And that the joint investigation that's being done at the NWSL and the NWSL Players Association, um, I, I think that we will probably get some more context here. Not saying it's going to solve these problems. Again, there is a huge hole that's been dug. And it's, I, I, I struggle to see a scenario where everything – I mean they climb fully back out of that. There, are, personal, there are issues that are not going to be resolved. It's, it's hard for me to figure out like if I want to just like keep supporting the team. I know. And I get that, that, that lends into things and kind of our closing thing, Zach. I mean like about the future. Like what does that hold? Like what, like, what do we do? Where I'm going to be from real here? honest. So if that press release we got is the end of this, I am not – continue to support the team like that was not enough for me like i'm i'm done there there needs to be more than yeah. than what we saw it's, in there it's my understanding the nwcl has been kind of controlling a lot of what can and can't be communicated more so can't which i just but the nwcl uh, is not controlling what teams can do as we've yeah. seen i know with other teams have agree. made personnel moves after this report personally it's easy for me to say this i just kind of wish the club would 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 rank rank i mean the nwcl has obviously mishandled a Sometimes lot of things in their entire in history trouble yeah, I don't. Well, okay, his, I don't care if the history if favors the, league, the bold. Yeah, um, one thing I think we I, we do want to close on it is this, it's a quote that stood out to me that Michelle Betos had said, and she said something to the effect of that players hold. I mean, excuse me, um, fans hold a lot more power than they realized, and we're all trying to navigate what to do about this and Everybody needs to forcing change and accountability. Um, I, I encourage you to kind of. Look in the mirror and ask yourself your question, like, what, what can you potentially do to, to help with this situation? I don't have that answer for you. There's, I mean, there's a lot of ideas floating out there, um, but I, I think it certainly should all, something we all be asking ourselves. And I think that was just the start of it, some of the, the protests that we saw last night with the, with the TIFO and the, uh, and the TEAL. So, um, guys, and this is tough subject matter, but um, appreciate you guys going through it today. So... Um, thank you guys for tuning in to Soccer City Radio. Um, I'm Benton, Zach with me. I'm Zach. ESPN 680, 105.7.